Welcome to Master Your Relationship Mind Drama. Teaching you how to manage your mind so that you can create relationships you love. And now, here's your host, certified relationship coach and expert in all things love, friendship and mind drama, Rebecca Orr. Hi guys. I hope everyone's had an amazing week so far. In today's episode, I want to continue talking about a concept that I actually mentioned in the episode before last, which is the episode called Wishing You Could Change Their Behaviour. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, maybe go back in and give it a listen. Uh, But this podcast will make sense without it. And in that previous episode, I talk about our expectations of others and when we really wish that people would behave differently so that we can feel the way we want to feel, like calm, happy, loved, whatever. And I call this concept the manual, meaning we have manuals that we would love other people to follow. We just want them to do what we want them to do. (laughs) We want our partners to do certain things to make us feel good. We expect our friends to text us the amount we'd like to be texted. We want our bosses to give us feedback in the way we'd love to receive feedback. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. We are all humans. It's very normal that we have these expectations and preferences. And it makes sense that we have these ideas of how we would love other people in our life to behave. The only problem occurs when people do not follow our manuals, (laughs) which is a lot of the time. You know, friends don't text us back the amount that we'd like them to. Partners don't compliment us the way we'd like or initiate sex as often as we'd want them to or do the washing up without being asked. That's actually a real example. (laughs) My girlfriend's manual for me is that I should do the washing up without being reminded. And I often do not follow this manual. (laughs) And what happens is we let them not doing things the way we've decided they should be done be the reason that we feel so terrible. And we then decide we need to make them change so that we can feel better, which leaves us feeling very powerless and completely out of control over our emotions because we cannot make people change. Anyway, go and listen to that podcast um, episode if you haven't already. It digs a lot deeper into the concept of the manual, so it'll be really useful if that's completely brand new, never heard that before. But for today's episode, I wanted to talk about the idea of getting curious. So when we have these manuals for other people, most of the time, or at least some of the time, it's because we're expecting people to be just like us. We say things like, well, they should tell me if they're upset. That's what I do. If I'm upset, I just say it. Or if they liked me, they would text me back faster. That's what I do when I like someone. I always text back within a few hours. And what we're assuming is that because our brain thinks about things in a certain way, that topic, that situation, whatever it is, then surely their brain should work that way too. If I handle conflict in this way, surely they should too. If I love to make plans when I'm into the person I'm dating, surely if they liked me, they would too. One of my teachers and my all-time favorite coaches, Carol Lowenthal, calls this concept, you are not the reference point, meaning we are not the normal standard for human behavior that we should just compare other people to. Just because you like to check in with your partner multiple times when you're at a party, doesn't mean that your partner does. 
And what we tend to do is we notice they're not following our manual and then we make it mean something terrible. We make it mean that they don't care about us or we're not important. When in actual fact, they just have a completely different human brain to us that operates differently, has different thoughts and preferences on all kinds of topics. And often my clients will come to me so mad and upset about their friends or their partner's behavior. They witness the way they're acting and their brain draws its own conclusions and makes assumptions. And then they're left feeling terrible. They end up feeling incredibly disconnected from them simply because their brain has filled in the gaps and made meaning out of certain behaviors or situations that they don't actually know to be true. If your brain does this, I want you to know there is nothing at all wrong with you. Mine too. (laughs) Brains are wired to do this. They're wired to be efficient and conserve energy. So taking shortcuts and making generalizations and assumptions about circumstances and situations is a good way for your brain to save a lot of time and energy. Imagine if every time you saw a new chair, (laughs) your brain had to really spend time considering, is this a chair? What object is this? What am I supposed to do with it? (laughs) No, your brain has that categorized and easy to access. And it does the same kind of process with things around you, circumstances, with all kinds of behavior. It puts things into categories and makes assumptions in order to save itself time. But the problem with that is it can cause a lot of unnecessary suffering in our relationships where we decide we know exactly what someone meant when they said that certain thing or why they behaved in a certain way. And we miss out on getting curious about what is actually going on for the other person. I've done this so often myself when I don't get a text back from someone for a few days and my brain decides they're mad at me. That's it. That's the assumption. My brain is so sure it knows exactly what is going on for them and it must be that they no longer like me. (laughs) Or in the past, if my partner was in a bad mood or snapped at me, my brain would decide she hates me, she's mad at me, I've done something wrong and I'd feel incredibly anxious. I've seen this a lot with my clients when it comes to sex. Their partner hasn't initiated sex as often as they'd like over the past few weeks or months. And they jump straight to the conclusion that their partner doesn't care about the relationship or isn't attracted to them. They sit feeling rejected and angry, creating more and more disconnection in the relationship and even withdrawing or acting moody around them. But whatever the situation is, a lot of unnecessary suffering could be saved if instead of believing your brain's default assumptions and blaming your partner or friend for the way you feel, If instead you were to shift to curiosity, a client of mine recently had success with this, with a situation with her friend. Her friend had said something in a certain tone the last time they saw each other and her brain had had a lot of mind drama about it. She'd made it mean that she didn't care and she wasn't important to her. And it was playing on her mind and creating a lot of disconnection for her days after it happened. She told me that in the past, she would have sent a confrontational message, blaming the friend for how she felt, which as you can imagine, probably wouldn't have worked toward creating that connection with her that she was actually really after. But instead, this time, instead of believing her brain's assumptions and blaming her friend for how she felt, she leaned into curiosity. She got curious about what might have been going on in her friend's mind when she said that what her friend might have been thinking and feeling that led to her saying that thing in that way. 
She then reached out to her friend and brought up the situation from a place of genuine curiosity and openness, not blame or defensiveness or anger. And they had a really great moment of connection where her friend shared what was going on for her and even thanked her for the way she approached it. So good and so much better than if she'd let her default assumption lead the way. And such a more productive way to handle moments like this. But curiosity really is the key ingredient. A thought I really love to practice is, I have no idea what's going on for them. And it's always true. I'm not a mind reader. And I'm not the reference point to decide the way that other humans should act. Each of us have our own unique lens that we see the world through and our own unique thoughts, beliefs and preferences. And what's normal or what makes sense to us is often not the norm or the default assumption that other people make. And when we feel mad and resentful at other people, we create so much disconnection. This can also work wonders during conflicts. If your partner is angry or upset with you, It's so easy to go on the defensive. I've done this so many times with myself. Your brain tells you you're being attacked. So you instantly jump to shutting down their opinion, telling them they've got it wrong, fighting your corner, standing up for yourself. Because that's just it. You believe you're in a battle. (laughs) So your aim is to win. But what if instead of going to war and instead of judging your partner or friends for their thoughts and feelings and shutting them down, What if you could just get curious? Often what stands in the way of us getting curious is what we make their negative emotion or behavior mean. Again, our brain's interpretation of it. We're so busy deciding that they don't respect us or love us that we don't pause to get curious about what's going on for the human in front of us that we actually care a hell of a lot about. I'm going to do another podcast episode on handling conflicts and your friends and partners' negative emotions. But just to kind of nod to it here, our own internal reactions and insecurities about other people's negative emotions can really exacerbate conflict. We feel so triggered by them having a negative emotion that we shut down or lash out. We believe something's gone terribly wrong when in actual fact, nothing has gone wrong at all. If you're dating a human or you're having a friendship with a human, which I'm assuming you all are (laughs) since you are all humans then we can assume that they're going to have negative emotions from time to time, just like you do. They're going to get irritated and angry. They're going to go into moods and feel frustrated. Not because you've done something wrong or because something is terribly wrong, but because they're a human being with a human brain. So notice what your response is when somebody tells you they're upset with you. Do you feel defensive and start speaking over them and trying to correct their opinion? Or do you withdraw and shut down? Or do you just apologize 20 times to try and end the conversation as quickly as possible? What if instead you were just genuinely curious about what this person's thoughts were? If you weren't making their emotion mean anything about you or mean something had gone wrong, you could be totally open to hearing them out. You might even ask them questions to really understand what's going on inside their brain. What are they thinking? How are they feeling? What's their opinion about this? How are they interpreting things? Listening with curiosity and responding with curiosity is always going to be 10 times more beneficial during a conflict than responding from defensiveness, anger, or anxiety. 
And the best news is curiosity is an emotion, which means it's created by what you think. So the only thing you need to access it is your own brain. Here's some thoughts and questions to help you cultivate some curiosity. I wonder what's going on for them right now. If I wasn't assuming this was about me, what else might it be about? I wonder how they were feeling when they did that. I wonder what thoughts created that feeling. Have I ever behaved like this myself? And what was I experiencing when I did? Is it possible I actually have no idea what's going on inside that brain? What if my aim was to just understand and not judge? Another great word as well as curiosity is fascination. (laughs) And this might help for situations where someone you love or care about repeatedly does the same behavior that you don't particularly get or understand. (laughs) It's tempting to sit there and be frustrated. They shouldn't do it that way. They should be different. Why do they keep doing this? A great example of this is another client of mine whose mum was constantly complaining about work. Every single day, she repeated the same complaints, the same issues, over and over, every time they caught up. And my client would get so frustrated. She hates the job so much, why doesn't she just leave? That's what I would do. If I wasn't happy somewhere, I would just leave. She should stop talking about it and just do something. Those were her thoughts. <laughs> she started avoiding talking to her mum because of the frustration she felt whenever she moaned about work. But she didn't want to avoid her mum. She loved her mum and she wanted to have a close relationship with her. She just didn't want to keep experiencing so much frustration during their calls. And because she believed her mum was the source of the frustration, she felt very powerless. She'd given her advice and told her to leave the job and she hadn't. She told her she shouldn't just complain and she should do something about it, and she hadn't. So she was out of ideas. She felt stuck. But the frustration she was experiencing did not come from her mum's complaining. It came from her thoughts about her mum's complaining. Remember, our thoughts always are what creates our emotions. And so we coached on it, and we were able to address the manual she had for her mum, that she should leave a job she's unhappy in and how she shouldn't just complain about things over and over. This belief that her mum should think and behave differently was causing her so much suffering because it wasn't the reality. The reality was her mum liked to complain. (laughs) And as Byron Katie says, when we argue with reality, we lose, but only 100% of the time. (laughs) So instead of creating frustration and resentment towards her mum, we worked on creating other emotions about her mum's complaining. Now, with coaching, sometimes going from negative to neutral is the best step. But with this particular client, she was actually able to shift into feeling completely fascinated by her mum's behaviour. Rather than judging it or resenting it, she let go of all the thoughts of how her mum should be any different. And instead, she created fascination. (laughs) Like, wow. How fascinating that this person is still saying these same things every single day. She could even feel slightly amused by it. Like, yep, here she goes again, of course. Wouldn't be a phone call with my mum if there wasn't some complaining. (laughs) And knowing that she didn't need to feel frustrated or annoyed every time her mum complained, 
allowed her to just show up to the calls calm and loving the way she wanted to be the way she wanted to show up now of course boundaries are also important she didn't want to speak to her mom every night and listen to the complaining every single day so she decided that on occasions when her mom rang her and she wasn't in a space where she was wanting to take the call she just wouldn't answer that was her boundary for herself she didn't need to communicate that with her mom she just knew she would only answer the call when she was in a space where she felt you know available to really have the conversation and her mum was allowed to keep calling and keep complaining we didn't need to somehow wave a magic wand and get her mum to change at all my client just took charge of her own thoughts feelings and behavior her own actions so if there's someone in your life whose behavior currently really irritates you, or should I say your thoughts about that behavior irritate you, <laughs> imagine for a second what would be different if you were just totally fascinated by it instead. <laughs> it could be a complete game changer. But back to curiosity. The reason why curiosity is so powerful in relationships is because it's the complete opposite of judgment. And I'm going to say that again because it's really important. The reason why curiosity is so powerful is because it's the complete opposite of judgment. While we're judging the people in our lives, it's very hard to feel connected to them. But when we're feeling curious, we're open to them. We're open to understanding them and connecting with them. Think of how many relationships you've closed off to or moments where you've withdrawn or rejected someone because you've made a judgment or assumption about their behavior. Maybe a friend cancelled on plans three times in a row and you've assumed they don't care about the friendship, so you've stopped reaching out. Or the person you're dating didn't invite you to their birthday party when you assumed that you'd be invited, so you decided to take 24 hours to respond or maybe even ghost them altogether. We miss out on so much when we're making judgments instead of being curious. Taking a moment to consider... I wonder why my friend is repeatedly cancelling on plans. What might be going on for her? Maybe I could reach out and ask her if things are okay. Or, I wonder why they didn't invite me to the party. Maybe they're nervous about introducing someone to their friends when we're so early on. Like I said before, your brain is always going to assume it knows exactly why they behaved in that way. And almost always, its guess is going to be that it's a personal rejection of you. Because <laughs> that is human brains. But in this situation, you could acknowledge that you actually have no idea what's going on for that person. None at all. You cannot read their mind and you don't know for sure what their thoughts and feelings were that led to that behavior. And when I say get curious, I don't even mean carrying out that curiosity by asking them. Sometimes you might. You might want to ask them what's going on for them. Other times you might choose not to. But feeling curious and being open to the fact that your assumption is not a fact <laughs> and that it could be wrong, that's the kind of energy that stops your primitive, overdramatic, negative brain from calling the shots and creating havoc in your relationships. In some situations, curiosity might just sound like, okay, they could not be replying because they're mad at me, or they could be not responding because they've had a busy day and they're busy at work, or for a hundred other plausible reasons. And when you really think about your own behavior in relationships, you might even consider, have you ever been a bit quieter than usual? 
or forgotten to call a friend back or cancelled on plans or said something without thinking. Now imagine if that person had just assumed the worst. Maybe they did. Maybe they made a snap judgment about what that behaviour meant, took it really personally, based on their own insecurities and hang-ups. But you can also likely see how completely unnecessary their pain was. That what you did or didn't do actually didn't mean whatever they'd made it mean. Their brain had completely made an assumption and hurt their feelings with it. And had they gotten curious and taken a moment to challenge their own interpretation, they might have realised they were totally wrong. The same goes for you (laughs) and your crazy human brain. So this week, as you're interacting in your relationships, I want you to notice where you're assuming or judging. When your brain is telling you that their behaviour means for certain that they don't care or that they're losing interest or that they're selfish or whatever it is, I want you to take a breath and invite yourself to instead drop into curiosity. What might be going on for them? What might they be thinking or feeling that creates that behaviour? What if you were open to understanding them instead of judging them? Okay, that's all I have for you today, guys. Come to Instagram and let me know if you found it useful. And I hope you all have a great weekend. If you're loving this podcast, you can also hang out with Rebecca on Instagram and TikTok at Rebecca or Coaching. Don't forget to sign up to her email list for exclusive freebies and for more information on her one-to-one and group coaching programs.